This is the Brewing Network's Brewing with Style, hosted by Jamil Zanishev and Mike Tasty McDowell, along with special guest Jonathan Plise. Now, here's Jamil. Hey, howdy, hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters. Hey, everybody, welcome to the show about brewing. Brewing style. <laughs> with styles, it's with styles. Yeah. Or more style. style. We don't care about it. Or style. Two style, four style. All about style. Whatever. Yeah, we're the Six, style network. Eight, whatever it takes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? I appreciate uh, beer being legal. I mean, where our government seems to be working, I feel like you're going to make it illegal again or something. God knows. Taking all the fun stuff out of life, you know? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Those guys don't want us to be too happy. Yep. Yep. Um, so you're leaving the uh, country uh, in a few weeks. In a few days. Really? Yeah. And you're going to be gone most of uh, the month? Is that right? I'm going to be on February 28th through April 2nd. What? I'm not going to be in the United States. Well, yeah, I will be in March. Um, I'm going to Boston first. We've totally jumped a shark. Your company runs itself? <laughs> runs itself. Wow. It's like a well-oiled machine. You delegated everything. Oh, there's there's not, not even anybody you, down there. Like you walk in there, it's it's all just like automated. And, yeah. There's, well, I see why you're in nobody. the studio all, all week. you yeah. got nothing else to do. No, I just check it from my phone. It texts me when something's <laughs> oh, yeah, wrong. It's, pretty much, yeah. it's like, are you sure you want to add that many, many hops? I'm like, uh, no, you're right. Maybe, maybe cut it back a bit. They can still get a hold of you. Oh, yeah. Can, you know, the, the, the automated brewery can text me. That's true. That's, that's, <laughs> you guys are missing our temperatures all the time. Does it call you, like, master, or does it like, – how does it address you? Does it say, sir – Yes, King Jamil. Does it call yes. you the Pope? Does what does yes. it call you? All the all the things. Uh, all the above. Hmm. Well, anything you can think of. Calls right. you know. So the brew house will talk to you. Late at night, it gets all sexy. <laughs> when are you wearing Jamil coveralls? <laughs> well, that's a long time, and you're gonna, I guess, miss out like on stuff here, like uh, Sacramento Beer Week. You'll miss that, right? I was I was reading a thing about automation in uh, in companies. And uh, how how they uh, you know like the employee satisfaction and productivity and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, if you replace all your employees with robots, they're pretty much satisfied all the time, pretty and much. their productivity uh, goes around the clock all day, every day. We could use some automation in our brewery. I think. Where do you think that would help? Uh, temperature know. maintaining. Oils? Or you don't, nothing's, what do you do that's manual now that you think you could automate? Uh, well, I mean, just a lot of the controls or? of things. Um, I'm, I'm trying to set up this as a distillery where okay. I'm trying to take a tiny little still and, and make it. Run 24-7 or something. Just, yeah, run a ton of beer through it in an automated fashion. Well, you, you showed that system to me, and I do remember it sort of having a. Was it a continuous still or something it was called? Right. Or? I'm trying to set up a continuous stripping yeah. run just okay. to. Yeah. Get rid of the bulk of material, and then I can get down to the finer, right. you know, batch process of you know, separating. That's a, things and that's out. a quicker separation because it's alcohol to begin with, right? Yeah, and um, you know, you're dealing with a smaller volume, yeah. so you get more, you know, out of it per per right. run. So you're going to work up some sort of 
you have a, a tank of wort, it's a mm, beer, a beer, mm, okay. mm. and yeah, it's a beer, and then you'll run that into the into this uh, kettle when it needs some or right on a through timer the continuous stripper. Maybe and, you'll measure uh, the output and see if it needs more or something. Like right, that. right, right. So, nice. and then it runs alcohol, all the flavor, and just water into. You know, another catch container. Yeah. And then we, we throw away, you know, 70%, 60% of the material, you know, all the proteins, right. all the excess water, all that goes down the drain. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, something I've been trying to perfect, but I, I keep having to wait for parts. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a lot of... It didn't come complete? Automation. Uh, it doesn't, nothing yeah. comes with all this automation, so... But I ordered... Uh, I ordered some parts from uh, Southern California from Garden Grove. Okay. Early, and some parts from China came in before those. <laughs> like, great. A faster boat, evidently. Right. Early. The fast boat from China. Yeah. Well. Knowing them, it was probably all it was packaged on the boat. <laughs> the order came into the boat mid-run. Mid yeah, they're run. probably working on the boat. Right. Yeah. They're filling orders already, man. Yeah. Like, they, it's just a floating warehouse. That's yes. all it is. Yes. There you go. I think it's a good idea. Um, what are we well, talking about today, buddy? Uh, we were going to talk about uh, brewing big beers. I mean, we've had the like recent uh, Evil 3. Yeah, Tasty and I were working on that. Big, big year, eleven and a half percent. And then I did a uh, a collaboration with a uh, Yippa from Yippa, uh, from the brew, evil, evil, evil Twin Brewing. Yippa, Yippa. Yes, nice guy. Yeah. Um, and we uh, is that your first collaboration with him? With him? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, well. We kind of collaborated early on on yeah, the use uh, of the evil twin name. Exactly. Right. That's, um, I was kind of surprised that, to, to hear that that was your first yeah. time. You uh, would think to be in bed with someone like that, you maybe you would have you would have to brew. Oh, I'm not saying we weren't to in bed before the now. relationship. Yeah, no. Yeah. We uh, uh, he's East Coast, you know, so it's it's yeah. it's trickier when somebody's East Coast or West Coast. So he's uh, out in Brooklyn, and so uh, he happened to be out here for. Uh, SF Beer Week, and we're like, yeah, well, let's get together and brew finally. We've been talking about it for years. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we came together and brewed an evil quad, or oh. evil quadruplets. Wow. <laughs> Two evil twins get together, you have evil <laughs> quadruplets. Who knows what you get? So it's a, it's a litter. It's the evil twin brewed to 15% ABV. Wow. So it's the same grain bill you're saying? Just, just ramp then, it up? Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. And then... Um, uh, we're using the hops that we used in uh, Evil 3. Wow. Huh? You really huh? did do an Evil 3 uh, upgrade. Yeah. Wow. So, well, that sounds pretty cool. And so, what are you yeah. going to call this? Evil 4? No. Evil quadruplets. <laughs> Evil quadruplets. It's not diminishing our brand, is it? <laughs> I don't know. What if it's better than Evil 3? That's what I'm concerned about. Well, we'll see. Okay, Won't we? Get my contract. Shan't we? <laughs> then in a year and a half, Tasty will be like, hey, Jamil, it's time to brew the, it's time for our beer. It's the eve of the three. Hello. We'll make ours 20% next. I'm like, I, I can't make that session beer anymore, Tasty. I can't make that 11.5%. <laughs> yeah. It's all big beers these days, Everybody Tasty. 
can't make that easy drinking 11.5%. People want something bigger. Man, it tastes good. Yeah, oh, yeah. I had, yeah. A, I had it side by side with that other Northern California beer that people stand in line for. <laughs> yeah. Never it's heard there. of it. It's there. It, it is delicious. Did you get a chance to try it, JP? No. No, I did oh, not. Man. But then again, I didn't look for it either. I didn't go hunt for it. It, it was on here. Uh, Briefly. Monday. Yeah, it was on Monday. Mm. I only come here for the shows. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but uh, that's not my style. I'm sure it was delicious. No, no, it's like any triple IVAs. Yeah, it's like I'm not, I'm not hunting for it. So, yeah, yeah. Um, Just listening to you guys describe it, I've, I feel like I've had it, and I can enter it into my tasting lexicon, right? Mm-hmm. Let me hear it. Let me, let me log in on to Untapped, because that's my thing, too, and right. I'll just say that I had Zero it. Zero ounce size. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Zero ounce pour. <laughs> this pour poured uh, flat and clear. Not my favorite style. Very thin. Not my favorite style, but I tried it anyways. Uh, All right, so uh, So, we've all brewed big beers. Yeah, surprisingly enough, I have um, too. It's a challenge for some some brewers, especially when they're starting out. You know, not you know just to get it to get it right. You know, and and the problem is you're you're brewing and you got a lot tied up into it. A lot of ingredients, a lot of time. You you know, hopes and dreams are are put on it. And a lot of money. I thought, yeah, I thought we would throw in some uh, some tips and suggestions for making it happen. So I thought first we'd talk about uh, making a big wort. And then uh, then we'd talk about uh, uh, fermenting a big wort. Yeah, and then we talk about recipe suggestions for designing a great wort, like what to put into it that yeah. will, like you wouldn't put leverage out all over time. All roasted barley, right. <laughs> right? That doesn't age well. All crystal malt, right? Probably want to have a percentage of of base malt in there. Okay, I'm just is it is it different than brewing a lower alcohol beer? What malts you're you're putting in your recipe? Not to, just to tease yeah, it a little yeah, bit, yeah. yeah. I, w- I would think so. Don't okay, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I brewed, I brewed it a couple of times. I would assume so. I would assume yeah. that you don't just like if I have a a porter, mm. a five percent porter, and I wanted to make an imperial porter, I wouldn't just scale it up. I think mm. it would change a little bit. But mm. I, you know, I don't know. I've never. Well, All I've right. done it before, but anyway. Uh, let's do this. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll get into talking about uh, how to make a big wort. Yeah, right yeah. after this. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious. Cicerone are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like... 
Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer. Whether for yourself or as a gift, when you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the BrewingNetwork.com. Now back to Brewing with Style. All right. So, uh, I mean, I'll start off with uh, the Evil 3 brew. Uh, well, I mean, the uh, the Evil Quadruplets brew. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a bigger chunk. Because it came out with a, yeah, to get a 15, uh, so a like a, a 28 to 30 Play-Doh wort, we took uh, our regular Evil Twin recipe. With all the special grains, and went ahead and made that. Ran the word out of the louder ton into the kettle, and then we got rid of the spent grains, and we used the wort in the kettle with the uh, our our uh, grist hydrator, and ran in a whole new batch of grist into the mash mixer. Used that as strike water, right? Used it as strike water, and then pumped the whole thing over louder. And then ran that out, and we got and so the second load of grain was just uh, base malt. Oh. So we got it up to uh, this is something we've been dealing with on uh, Bruce Strong. Hmm. We've been talking about it, so we uh-huh. call it uh, polyguile brewing. So uh-huh. Polyguile. So why why wouldn't just each each uh, cycle be the same grist? Why not? Why is, why is it all base malt? Uh, uh, because so. You have to design your total grist that's going in as if you're brewing that beer, in a, big, a beer. In a bigger equipment. Yeah, right. uh, no, same volume. So you wouldn't change your specialty grains. Your volume's going to remain the same. I would just want to get the starting gravity up. Nice. So we, you could theoretically take more grain, stick it into the liquid you know, that you've gotten. So if you're, if you're a uh, brew in a bag... Yeah. Uh, brewer, mm-hmm. you can lift out that bag, drain out your liquid, dump right? Bag. Dump it out, mm-hmm. put put more grain in there, mm-hmm. stick it back in the in the pot, mm-hmm. let that thing soak and mash. Pull that out, dump it out, put more grain in, and just keep doing that you until you get to the gravity you want. No, that's not yeah. that's not linear. I mean, obviously, there's a saturation point where. Each right. cycle, it would be harder. So we don't know what that point is. You didn't do any math? You didn't call your robots? or your? <laughs> we haven't calculated it out yet. But we do know that oh. you get pretty much the the amount of grain. Oh. It's, it's just the additive. Grain. So you just do a recipe as if that's the total grain bill. Yep, yep. And that's what you end up with. And so let's say your mash ton will only fit uh, uh, 10 pounds of grain. Right. Right, which is pretty ridiculous. But let's say 10 yeah. pounds of grain. Multiply 10 and, you want to multiply. and you, you've designed a recipe that's going to take 40 pounds of grain. Yeah. You're like, oh, my God, I can't, I can't fit this in. I'll never be able to brew this, or I can right. brew, like, you know, a thimbleful. Nope. 
what you do is take you take that 40 pounds of grain, divide it up into four, and then just add the grains four times, and, and you'll be there. Yeah. So the, the so we've the, done it the, on, on the loss of scale. gravity isn't really. Uh, um, because I, I would think right. the same thing that Tasty it's thought. Where it's like if it, you know you're taking a sugary wort and, right. and ex- trying to extract more sugars, mm-hmm. but the, what gets left in the grain isn't really all that. It's just kind of negligible. No, so uh, we were thinking, you know, oh maybe this would work or not. I, apparently, we were at a, at one of the conferences and somebody we were talking about the the brew easy from Blickman mm-hmm. and how. You know, people were like, well, you know, what if I want to make a, a bigger beer? And I'm like, well, how about just, you know, adding more grain in? And so Blickman tried it. Sure enough, it worked. And we're like, well, wait a minute. We've got to try this again and get some, some numbers. And so we've been doing this a, a bit now. And now Blickman's done a, a triple mm-hmm. uh, brew like that. Mm-hmm. And so it, there's got to be some limit as to how high the gravity can go before right. it just won't, and I don't won't think work. I don't think it's linear. I think in the second time you use 10 pounds of grain to go to, to get to No, it's, it's, it's working. You think, but you think it there's actually, like no, there's almost no loss. Really? You may lose a tiny percentage, but then we did it on a commercial scale, yeah. which is amazing. Did you taste the uh, spent grain on the second batch? No. I wish you had. I would just like to see... Well, I mean, it's full of had some sweetness to it. Yeah, yeah. You should have run it, ran it off, made a small beer. But yeah, the whole thing. I'm not yeah. sure that's the case. Okay. It's like the the water goes in, but the sugars don't. The sugars stay outside of the grains. How? How it makes no sense. It's osmotic pressure. I, I don't know. They're they're the the water's getting absorbed into the grain, yeah. into the starch to fluff up the starch, right? Okay, all right. And then conversion happens, and then that that, that those get split off, right? Right, right. So you're saying the sugar so long chains are they're too? You, you, oh, it I won't, it won't get absorbed by the. Well, what I'm saying is you're not know. losing anything. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not zero. calling you a liar. Yeah. No, we've these are we've done it facts, commercially. Okay, and Blickman and Palmer have been working out the math, and Blickman ha- has done it uh, a couple of times now. All right, All and right. Palmer has a, a sheet that predicts the actual gravity, and he's saying, you know, we're you lose almost almost. Uh, it's so negligible now. You think it would matter, but in actually in practice, it does right. not matter. Right. Okay. When I suggested it the first time, I was just throwing it out there, and I didn't know if it would work or not. Yeah, it but, works. Wait a minute. It, now, is there a sparge in this process? The second, the second one, there's a sparge. Well, so if you're brewing a bag, you're not sparging. You put in all the water you need to start. Some with. people have tried, but okay, yeah, right. Yeah. So what um, about your your beer? Your we did so. Okay. Um, because of the way we did, we had to introduce more water to start. To collect enough so that you lose water in the yeah. hydration of the next set of grains, sure. and that stays behind in the grains. Right. But we, uh, uh, so we accounted for that. And you—that's by adding sparge water and rinsing the grains and getting well. The point. So out the, of there. the initial batch that we did, we sparged it until we collected enough water Do for the have- entire next batch. Right. So it had. Even the the later running still had sugar in it, so we everything was used to uh, to okay. run the next one. Right. And what was the gravity of the beer you used as your sparge water for the second batch? Do you know? Um, I th- it was just the whole whole batch. Okay, but well, what was the gravity? What was the 
Uh, 10 Plato or? So we started eight, around nine, like, you know, almost 16 Plato or 15 something. Okay. Nice. 15 Plato. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's amazing. Yeah. It works. So we call it. Especially brewing the bag. I, I, I kind of yeah. took us off of that. We call it yeah. uh, polyguile. Polyguile uh, brewing. Many, many like, mesh, so not like, max, not like party guile, but no. polyguile. Many, many guiles. <laughs> That's what we have to do on the uh, the Pico, mm-hmm. the, the Zymatic. Um, yeah. The only time, the last time I made a high gravity beer was a barley wine for the um, Brewcaster Challenge. And what do you do? You take the grains out and just you run the liquid back through it again? Yeah. You, you, you set a pause after your mash, mm-hmm. after your initial mash cycle, yeah. and you pull out the tray, scoop out all the spent grains. Right. Throw in more grain in Throw there. in more grain, put it back in, and then hit start, and it'll just run for the right. second. So that work, it's the same exact thing. It, yeah, and I was, I was like, shocked. I was like, well, how is that? And I hit my numbers. And I'm like, right. well, I assumed that they had some weird. So you've done ma- this. Yeah but, yeah, but but not on the level that you have, because I, I just trusted a, a machine to figure it out for me. And I was like, oh, I must, some magics have happened. Right. But I had no idea that it was like a, a thing. Isn't that you know? amazing? Yeah. But the recipe formulation cool. you did was just like what he's saying. Yeah. You just right. calculated on the total amount of grain. Exactly. Yeah. That gave you what the Keep turn. in mind, I'm pretty dumb. So well, I just, I don't want to, I don't dig it. too, my, my whole thing with homebrewing is I've never really wanted to dig too deep into anything because I'm not a I mean, science guy. I, mean, I, I just, I don't have a number for head. Wait, I don't have a head for numbers. Uh, water chemistry is not very good. I don't put a number. <laughs> it's zero. Um, so I was like, well, oh, I just different. I thought that like when I need to I look right if I if I adjust the mash right. schedule the 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 formula adjusts mm-hmm. the the, mm-hmm. the numbers for me yeah. mm-hmm. but apparently it doesn't because it it doesn't matter right right yeah. and so you've done it like a double a double mash yeah yeah and uh, Blickman's done a triple and that still worked out so there's some sort of you know viscosity limit. To this, I want to know what it is. Yeah, I want to know. Well, in any case, the sugar outside of the of the of the hot piece of grain is is less than what's inside because that when it gets soaked, it comes out right. Right. So it's getting thicker and thicker. Yeah, but it still that can never be as thick as what's inside. Right. But what's inside? It's it's a it's a dense dry grain, right? So there has to be some hydration happening. And the yeah. hydration takes liquid out of, of the grain. Now, some people are saying, oh, it's just pulling liquid out of the, the wort. And that's how it's concentrating up. <laughs> right? Smaller volume. Okay. Uh, right. But no, we're getting the same volume back out again. Or, you know, we're, we're taking hmm. that volume back out. Right. Yeah. It doesn't, the math doesn't work that way. Right. So, yeah. That's insane. It's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's very weird. And so how do you do it on a commercial scale? So we, we took it into our kettle, and then we ran a hose off the outlet of our kettle into our grist hydrator okay. and used that. It was a little sketchy because we, you know, you got to kind of figure out the temperature that the liquid needs to be in the kettle and make sure it's mixed up well enough to, you know, hit your strike temperature. Mm-hmm. So we intentionally came in a little low okay. so we could heat it up, and our mash mixer has jackets. So, But, uh, yeah, it essentially got just about double what we put in you know our, our our thing and that's how we are doing the that big beer nice. probably a fun brew day for the for the like chris and everybody that's there yeah it's so different right 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 and you know when we brew evil three mm-hmm. i mean we're we're pressed to get 
you know, 25 barrels of wort out of that thing. Right. You know, because, one, there's a ass ton of hops. But, two, it's, <laughs> it's a high gravity, and we're, we're maxed out in the louder ton how much grain it'll have. Right. And then you get more true in the whirlpool, too. Right. See, I think you missed your marketing shot with the evil name, the Gaston. evil line. No, the um, uh, you know, if you do a three partial guile or whatever you call mm-hmm. it, polyguile, then that's the evil. So you do evil four. That's you. You do four. You know, recirculate it four times. I think that would be uh, there you go. Pick right up on the beer nerds there. Hmm. Well, now I'm thinking, what if what if you did it when you didn't need to? That you say you just wanted to just try it with. Half the grain one time and half the next to make mm-hmm. a like a you know. I certainly could. A, you know, fourteen plate over here. Yeah, that would absolutely work. Mm. Yeah, we mm. we took off of our brew plant thirty five barrels of twenty eight plate wort, which was three barrels more than we normally shoot for. So it was a little diluted versus a thirty barrel wort, but mm. it was right in there. Right. So. Oh, I was pleased. I'm like, damn, <laughs> it works. It's a conversion machine. He was telling Yip about this, and he's like, never heard of it, yeah. but if you yeah. think it'll work, let's go for it. That's probably sure still enough. talking about that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. What made you decide to do it that way instead of adding like a DME or some sort of extract? Or Well, DME is expensive compared to oh, you know okay. when you can get bulk grain. Yeah. And it's more difficult to work with on, on the scale that we're dealing with big bags, and it'll clump up unless you're hitting cold water first, and then you're diluting it, and it was like, eh. But I think, you know, on the homebrew scale, DME is a great option. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I think that's that's a, a perfect way to go, especially when you're talking a really big beer. You know, people worry about, oh, you know, is the DME going to have the right flavor? Absolutely. Hmm. I think, uh, and it's better than the liquid malt extract because you're not adding any liquid. Yeah. So you really get the concentration factor, you know, the higher gravity. Uh, what percent would be reasonable uh, of the of the fermentable uh, fermentables to be DME in, say, a normal beer, like a, like a you know, 6% beer? Right. I mean, what percent of the of the fermentals would you, you know, feel people, comfortable? People a lot of times use you know 100 percent and win sure. awards. Yeah. Well, so yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, what would you think? You know, 50 percent. You know, I, I imagine yeah. that. Uh, would you taste a difference between 10 percent being DME and that being replaced with base malt? Perhaps 20 percent. Yeah. Maybe. It depends on the beer. You're saying yeah. 20% DME? Right. Let's say if you compare two beers side by side, one yeah. had 20% DME, and the, the other one had, instead of that DME, it had base malt. Would you taste the difference? I think I agree with Tasty. I think it depends on the beer. Like for instance, right. a Pilsner beer, which is like a, a right, row, right, right, right. Might, it has a little more malt flavor than a, like a, yeah. a two-row. Uh, of course, who's to say that the Pilsner extract uh, right. doesn't right. have... Similar flavors, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well. But uh, to me, it, it might. You might. Uh, then there's oh, this whole thing about like, well, wort uh, extract beer, extract wort tastes like extract wort, right? But I think as long as you keep the minimum, at least you know, keep the amount of, of real grain in there, uh, you know, at some reasonable level, I think it'll hide all that. Right. Right. Yeah. Well. I've done it when I did done like a few times. I've done barley wines. It's always been at least twenty percent uh, DME. Your minimum. Yeah. 
What, what's the max you've gone to? Well, I kind of keep it right there. No, oh, okay. If I, it's all about how much what efficiency I get out of the out of the mash. Yeah. So I don't add it to like you know if I see what my gravity is, mm-hmm. do a quick calculation. How much do I need to add? Yeah. And I've, I've never had to add more than uh, 20 percent. Right. Uh, what other method, methods do we have? Um, boiling it down. Yep, I said he did a, a beer to forty Plato by boiling for eight hours. He said it wouldn't ferment. <laughs> <Killed all. laughs> yeah. Broke but he said all the it was interesting. The terrible little pieces. Right. Nothing could even. Right. It was just, and then um, so you can boil concentrate it. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think you know doing the double mashes or the the poly guile is so much better than it's boiling for a long time. Yeah, yeah. less time, and less energy, less you know. It took us an extra twenty minutes. Yeah, really. Yeah, that's, because we had to wait for the. Um, we had hold in the kettle, waiting for the the um, until we had all the the liquid before we could dough in again. Normally, you can dough in immediately as soon as the the mash mixer is clear. Yeah. So, you know, on a homebrew level, it's it's nothing. Everything's ready to go. Especially Not if it. you're brewing a bag. Mm-hmm. Um, you got two bags. Right. You can add uh, sugar, simple yeah. sugar, or honey, or, uh, you know, Belgian candy sugar, or something like that. Or um, what else do you use, JP, to, you know, increase the gravity or something? Basically, just extracts and, and extracts, sugars. Yeah, sugars. that's about it. I mean, Longer you could boil. do, you know, they're like adjuncts, you, your right. rice and your corn and stuff right. like that. But, you know, adjuncts. A much smaller batch, you know, for your yeah. mash tun. Just yeah. don't put any any sparge water or very little liquid in it. Yeah. Run out the maximum you can get. Still, the weird thing is... You know, everyone says that the the highest gravity you can get out of, uh, you know, your first runnings is something like 1080, 1090, right? Okay. You know, like 20 Play-Doh, 20-something Play-Doh. Mm-hmm. So. And that would vary by the degree. Right. So, how is it, like how is it possible oh. we're getting, the, you know, the, like 30-plus Play-Doh in the end. out of the grains? Those Weird. certainly aren't all first runnings at all. Right. Well, or are they? You're not. If you're, no, if you're doing certainly no sparge, first, last, what's the difference? Right. We're, the we're, we sparged with uh, wort from the first batch. Right. So there's no you know dilution of anything there. I mean, the yeah. first runnings and last runnings are the same if you're not sparging. Right. 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 So essentially, the first runnings or the, or the first or batch, oh. the runnings from the first batch, you get those runnings... Out of the second batch, too. The two add together. Yeah. It's very bizarre. Yeah, it what were the bizarre. first runnings out of the second sound batch? right for some reason. What were the first runnings out of the second batch? Given that you're you using 80? 34 Play-Doh yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Which is, you know, you used, you know, multiplied by four plus a little bit. Yeah. Just use 16 Play-Doh yeah. drink water. So you're thinking in the second mash for your polyguile, there wouldn't yeah. be a whole lot of... Sugar. So if you had tried to do a small beer, it just really wouldn't be as effective? Yeah, I don't know. As a, just a um, normal barley wine mash? You know what I mean? If you're getting everything out that you normally get out of the two, mm-hmm. um, theory would say that the same amount is left behind in the second one as was in the first one. Yeah, so you, so you, you, you could do a, a, a small beer out of that. Yeah, if, yeah. <clears throat> depending on what's, what's left over. Yeah. I mean... Uh, yeah. Ducky Brewer in the chat says uh, he'd be interested to see a triangle test 
with your po- uh, polyguile, a regular mash with more grain and boiling off to get the same gravity, mm, which isn't uh-huh. really a triangle test, but side by side by side. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, the boiling, long boils, when they're really long, you can taste them. No, I think you do build yeah. up some flavor. For well, that. isn't that how they used to make those, like a Doppelbach and shit like that, before right. they were roasting grain? They would just take their base yeah. malt and they would boil for four hours? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bellinoins, you know, kind of more... Yeah, barley wines, all yeah. that stuff. So you would imagine that, yeah, there's some definite... Yeah. And we're replicating that with our roasted grains and malted right, grain and right. stuff. So, yeah, I... Uh, you, sometimes you, you can taste when people have boiled for a long time. You'll ask, man, how long do you boil this? Like four hours. It's like, yeah, I can taste it. <laughs> you know, because you're going to have to, you know, not only in order to double the gravity, you have to boil away 50% of the liquid. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So... I mean, that's reduced a by lot half. Of, that's a lot, lot of thermal liquid. load, right? Right, a lot Dude. of thermal load, and that's a lot of time. Even when you're cooking, right? Like when I add a cup of wine, it says reduced by half. I'm like, fuck! I'm rolling <laughs> my eyes. I don't want to do it. It's ten minutes. Go away. Well, and then you end up with half as much beer too. Yeah, doing it this other way, you end up with the full amount. Yeah, using more grain or something. But that's like I said, we, we end up with 35 barrels of of you know wort to to the fermenter at the end. Yeah, I'm like that's that's pretty amazing. I'll tell you what else is amazing. Grog tag. Oh, yeah. They're the best. I am so impressed. Especially, you know, I've seen it before. You know, nice quality. But when you showed me that, that bottle or that – you brought in a growler. Yeah, by a little half a, growler, yeah. Yeah, with a label that you've been using for years. Yeah. And it looked like it was just printed. Yeah, and I mean, I'll and I'll soak that in in star sand. Like I don't, I never take it off. Well, it I, just, I was a little nervous too just when the I took it off. In front flexing of, of the material mm-hmm. back and forth, back and forth. You'd think it would, you know, like peel or peel or, or crack yeah, something right. off of it, or it looked like crap, or yeah. wear the surface. Look, look like you just put it on. Right. I was amazed. A million bucks. And I'll tell you right now, in February, it's the time of year, year when you give your loved one what they desire most. Oh, yeah, you do. <laughs> a label. After all, if you're anything off. like us, your most prized possession is your latest batch of homebrews. A treat. It's like the amazing miracle it is. And label it. For the month of February, take 20% off your order when you use the code We Love You at checkout. That's right. 20% off your next batch of custom beer labels, coasters, metal signs, and more. Check us out at grogtag.com. Dot com. Use that offer code We Love You uh, we love during you. February. Twenty percent off. That's a good discount. Normally it's ten. Yeah, when Normally somebody, it's somebody 10. gives you like you know yeah I'm giving you a five percent discount. You're like yeah, thanks. Know, that's not worth my worst. not worth my trouble remembering the code. Twenty yeah. percent. Now you're talking. Now you're talking. Twenty. Baby. Twenty is what gets my juices flowing. That's on sale then. All right. Let's take a short break. When we come back, let's talk more about uh, how you ferment these big warts that you make right after this. First Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? 
go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of Mugs The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. <laughs> BN Army, have you heard the latest at HopTech? Since HopTech has doubled in size after a huge expansion, Jade and Roberto can stock even more of the best quality homebrewing supplies and equipment. Over 60 kick-ass varieties of hops and malts, monster truckloads of quality brewer's yeast, including white labs, Y yeast, and multiple dry yeasts. They even have all grain systems from Grainfathers and Ruby Street Brew Systems, thanks to Jade, the brand new all grain brewer. And don't forget about their 10% discount to all BN Army members. Jade and Roberto are waiting for you and all of your brewing questions over at hoptech.com. Hoptech, totally not sucking since 1983. Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high temperature March pump, and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new BrewEasy. Now back to Jamil, Tasty, and Chicken Boy. This is Brewing with Style. All right, we're back. So, when I had this 28 Play-Doh beer to ferment I want this thing to ferment out 15% and we're using cal ale yeast now I have heard that dogfish when they're making their big ass over 20% beers they will do it with 001 yeast okay hmm I I had heard that uh, 001 really just is very hard to push past 15 but what they're doing is they add sugar and oxygen every day. Sugar. It's simple sugar and oxygen. All right, so your recipe includes some amount of sugar. So instead of putting it into the kettle, right. you're reserving that for the ferment? Right. So to keep the osmotic uh, pressure from getting too high. I guess that makes a little more sense. So if you have a 10, what, a 1.1 a, a gravity, you're putting in, what, 1080 in the fermenter or whatever. I'm just making right. up numbers. Right. And then you're yeah. feeding it right. daily. So you'd write, okay. Right. So, you just keep uh, adding sugar and what? And oxygen. Oxygen. Every day. Not at the later days, but like oxygen. Every day. 
for okay, halfway to terminal? Uh, until Whatever. The, uh, until until they stop adding sugar, I guess. So, like, I mean, I've always said if you're making a big beer, oxygenate the first three days. But mm-hmm. this is just going further than that. Right. So that's what we did with uh, the 15 percenter, okay. the evil evil quadruplets. Right. <coughs> we, uh, I mean, I came back that night, eight hours later, and I dosed it with oxygen. And then I told Chris when he came in in the morning at eight hours later to dose it again with oxygen. And so we did a couple of dosages that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it, it went from... It went to 14% in five days. Wow. Six days. That's pretty fast. Yeah. Wow. It was a rip right through it. And I tell you, the ferment smelled clean. Not That's higher crazy. alcohols or anything like that. Yeah. It smelled, smelled real clean. So surprised. the thinking on the uh, feeding in the sh- uh, sugars as you go is as some percentage of the yeast start to get tired, mm-hmm. they got these easy sugars and they... It well, them up, so if you put all the sugar in it at once, yeah. the, the the liquid's very thick. So the osmotic pressure of the sugar that's dissolved in the liquid oh. that's trying to get into the, the yeast cell wall mm-hmm. um, is uh, much much higher concentration. And the yeast have difficulty keeping the liquid inside them from going out into the the solution out there and uh-huh. keeping the sugars from coming in. So once that barrier's broke, it's a dead cell. I assume so. or it's, right, or it becomes overwhelmed and it dies. dies either it puts either a bad flavor. Either, either there, the 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 liquid inside them is lost, or the sugars up. come in, or whatever yeah. it might be, right. and that that's what will kill your yeast off. That's why Yippa couldn't get a forty plate of uh, wort to ferment. Ferment at all. Yeah. So that stress on the yeast, if you can eliminate that, then. So a, a a fed fermentation where there's there's a continuous fermenters where they feed in um, sugars continuously mm-hmm. on, and they kind of trickle it in as the yeast are consuming them they they measure I don't know if it's pH or whatever it is and yes. they they measure it and 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 based on that it it feeds the fermenter hmm. and out they get whatever alcohol that they're going to use for whatever so. There, there, some distilleries are set up that way where you continuous feed, and then you know they run off the alcohol and they they distill it. So, uh, you know you can you can keep that osmotic pressure low by adding this in. There's another thing in distilling where I got distilling on the brain now, but they uh, <laughs> they uh, will add uh, amylase enzyme. Um, to the fermenter, so you start out at whatever uh, you know gravity you're at, mm-hmm. and the yeast start fermenting, and they're working it down. As they're working it down, the amylase starts taking effect and breaking off more sugars. So the the osmotic huh. the sugar concentration is rising, but the yeast are also taking it down at the same time. So it, the osmotic gradient mm-hmm. just never gets too high. Mm-hmm. That's another trick that they use by adding uh, enzymes. Yeah, what effect on flavor does that have? Because you know they're they're just making the uh, the runoff they're alcohol. Not, yeah, yeah, they're not interested right. in what temperature um, is that happening at too. I imagine it's not like at sixty degrees. It's probably like at eighty or ninety. I would guess. Yeah, distillers tend to do like ninety three. Okay, Fahrenheit. Yeah, 
Because they're uh, not interested in off flavors because it's all going to come off anyway. Right. They, you know? they worry about separating out all the crap in their stills yeah. <laughs> and getting rid of the, the junk at the heads that- and the tails, right? But I think if you make a better wash to start with, um, you know, you'll get better product in the end and better collections, you know, better, better uh, percentage of run. But they don't want to tie up a tank that long. They want it to ferment out in like oh, 36 less hours. Less amount of time, the better. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. And they're not worried about Yeah, their fermentation, 36 hours, 93 degrees, done. So. Sounds great. Fuck <laughs> it. Sounds like rocket fuel to me. The new style. Well, higher fermentation temperature, I associate that with like fusel alcohols. That's, right. not, that's not good for distilling, or is it? Or it, it drives those off. No, yeah, you they, leave all that behind. They separate it Those out the and still. Yeah. yeah, that's right. all the, the weaker fermentation characteristics that come out right. through distillation. Yeah. Nice. Which I wonder if that's how distillation came about in the first place, right? They like, just made some like fucking crap. corn whiskey, and it's like, oh, God, let's run through again. Or I don't know. You know what I mean? No, I'm thinking. Yeah, Trying yeah, to like, it, take it all that it. crap off. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah fix it. But the oh, like th- your brother died. It's, it just fixes alcohol. Now. <laughs> yeah, just fix it. This is right. The other thing I'd say is you got to have enough zinc. Oh yeah, that's another like a yeast. Right, you got to have enough free amino nitrogen. Generally, if mm-hmm. it's all grain, you got plenty of free amino nitrogen. If you're going to add a lot of simple sugars, you know, generally big beers, unless there are a lot of it is simple sugars, you should have a lot of a lot of free amino nitrogen. Fan, um, and you just need to add zinc. Zinc will help attenuation levels, and that's because it's a yeast. Yeast need that zinc. Yeah, for, they need it for uh, a lot of a lot of different processes. Process. Yeah, is that something that just your over the counter yeast nutrient from like White Labs, let's say, would be fine, or should you? Um, it might be. Seek out, seek out another zinc source. So we had been buying a, a yeast nutrient from a certain company, and um, wasn't White Labs, but from a certain company, and. Uh, it said it had enough zinc, but it, it we didn't end up with enough zinc in our work. And mm-hmm. we were starting to see issues with the yeast in later generations. Are you and measuring so, the, the, the zinc level, or are you counting on the your, your, your following generations to tell you? Uh, we measure going? it now. Okay. So right. we, we got it measured, and, uh, and because 50% of the zinc you add and 50% of the zinc that's in the malt, gets tied up in trube yeah. and so your your zinc levels uh, can be low very quickly so you where do you, do you add it into the on the hot side or is it going to the yeah we're, we're adding to the kettle so we've got zinc uh, uh heptahydrate and um, um zinc monohydrate so we right. we started with that so you lose still you lose a lot but it, yeah it, a lot of it goes on too right we're able to buy about 50 kilos of zinc monohydrate and then uh we sold a bunch to local breweries that uh, also need it. that much. Huh? Yeah, I mean, we're using four to six grams per 30-barrel batch. Wow, that's all? Yeah. It's like homebrew measuring. Right. Wow, yeah, it's like a teaspoon. Your, yeah, yeah, it's like one teaspoon. Right. Wow. That's all it takes. That shit magic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. That shit how many magic. P- how many PPMs they give you? Like one or something? I don't know. Uh, I, I think much. that's bringing us up to like, you know, 0. 0.3. Uh, yeah. Um. Nice. You should be between 0.2 and 0.6. But it makes a difference to the yeast. Huh? Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Wow. So, Good yeah. to know. Yeah. And, that, and this wouldn't that'd be true. You do the same thing for even your smaller beers, right? This isn't uh, something you would just right, do. Right, right. We do it in every batch. Yeah. 
Because it, it also affects the yeast yeah. health so for the, the next batch. It makes everything act the same way all the time. Absolutely. Excellent. Yeah, that oxygen. Oxygen is real important, yeah, no, you too. It, yeah, every day. So that's it's having the same effect like well into the ferment, right? Like. You know, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Cell right. and it, uh, no, if you're doing a seriously big batch, I think, you know, don't be afraid of add, add, adding oxygen. If the yeast are active mm-hmm. and oh. you add oxygen, the yeast take it up almost immediately. Yeah, they'll clean up any of the put, yeah, whatever so, you put in, they'll take out. Yeah, I don't think you're getting a whole lot of oxidation flavors. So, but as the that, fermentation but the thing slowed, was, we were always taught Never. as soon as it starts fermenting, don't allow any oxygen. Don't mess with it. Yeah. 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 No oxygen. You don't want any air getting in there. But, but why don't you go ahead and transfer into a secondary fermenter? Right. <laughs> yeah. Once fermentation's done, you want to avoid oxygen at all costs. Sure. Yeah. But when it's fermenting, when it's ripping along like that or when it's start up, you can keep adding oxygen. And I'm telling you, you don't taste any oxidized flavors. No, they're consumed by the, yeah. 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 So, I don't know. I mean, maybe long term it could have some effect. But generally in these big beers, you want, you know, a lot of... Uh, you know, you could go with some esters and some some flavors like that. So. Well, you'll know the PPM, uh, you know, the DO in your yeah in your finished product, right? You, right. You know, the equipment to do that. Yeah. Um, all right, tasty. The Brew Guru app. Have you been using it to get get your AHA discounts? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It tells, tell me, it tells me when it applies. It's great. If it could tell me where Evil Three was all the time, that would be awesome. I don't know. <laughs> I'm checking that guy. I was uh, uh, drinking it last night with uh, Nasser. Yeah, oh, yeah. At uh, Eureka. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, No, I love the Brew Guru app. Yeah, it's great, man. It is snappy fast. It has data that, you know, sometimes is not on Google because it's based off the database at the AHA. Right. So you're getting the the latest and greatest, and it it knows the places that are going to give you a discount. Uh, whether it be a uh, a brew pub or a restaurant or yeah. a uh, you know a homebrew shop, all those things, and it knows if it's right around the corner too. Exactly, yeah. gives you gives you like a Google map of all these places. But again, it's got data that Google doesn't have. So uh, I, you know, and I like all the other apps that are out there about beer, but they're based off of stuff that I could just Google a lot of times. Yeah, this brew guru app. This data no, that amazing, nobody else has. No, they're amazing taking the, the data that... Uh, right. It'll it'll tell you, hey, you get a dollar off a pint yeah. here. It's like, well, hell yeah. I'm going in there and check that out. I'm going in there, out. yeah. No, they've got a ton of people that use, you know, use that program. You do in your, right. in your place, I'm sure. Yeah, and it's got, uh, you know, all the uh, curated articles and yeah. stuff like that. So, you know, there's some, some great uh, information in there. Uh, just the whole AHA experience is pretty pretty darn great, I think. What do you guys do? Okay, so let's say you go into a bar that has the AHA discount. Mm-hmm. You get a dollar off your pint, mm-hmm. right? Do you factor that discount into your tip? Am I paying for a beer? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like it, let's pretend that you paid for a beer. Yeah, I'm not sure how that works. <laughs> what, paying for a beer? Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I've never had to do it. Right. I uh, can't really... Well, I... Yeah, I uh, so this would be I've like... i something like that. This would be I'm like buying buy- furniture. I would have to pay for something. Right. Yes. Which is why you don't have any furniture in your house at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> just kegs. Oh, well, my wife handles it. Yeah. Well, if you want to get charged for beer, just come down here to the Hop Grenade. <laughs> really? Yeah. You guys charge for beer here? I... I 
I always get charged. I get charged double, but that's just me. Yes. Uh, no, no, but you know uh, what I mean? Like, if you get your discount, do you factor no, no, that into the tip? Oh, I always tip on the value tip of the product. Off, yeah, yeah. Off, and then uh, if, off of uh, the pre-discounted. The pre-discounted oh, price. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and if, if it's like, you know, if, well, if, if, if I've been like over, like, you know, really, they've been really generous, mm-hmm. I'll double that. I, I tip yeah. based off of, yeah, the kind of service I got. Right. Regardless of the amount of the, the tip. I mean, I'll look at, you know, if, if, if everything was just fine. Be like, all right, you know, I should be like 10, 15 percent, you know. I was visiting Faction the other but day. And, and generally. Drink, you know, we're drinking off the yeah. fermenters, right? Yeah. Of course, we're dirtying glassware and the, right, they're taking right. them away. So when I left, I, you know, I give them, you know, tipped them like $11. So I said, right. odd dollars because it doesn't make it look like I couldn't find change. <laughs> That's a weird. Yeah, that's a weird. Six dollars. I, I'm going to say that's pretty weird. I have given over a hundred percent on a tip. Yeah. Really? Oh yeah. What was the What was the 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 dollar amount of the bill? Like what do you t- like? You know, like I, I think I think I've, I've had something where it was like the bill was maybe forty seven, and yeah. I made the whole you know the credit card slip out for a hundred. What did that What did that person do for you? That was that never forgot. <laughs> Cranked it out? He's at a heretic pint night or something. <laughs> did, no, did, just sometimes. Did he empty, did he empty your beast brink? <laughs> you've, you've, sometimes you've you've had those experiences where people are just fantastic, oh, yeah, and they're, they're nice, and they're friendly. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, you're just like, yeah, oh, this, you, you made the night. You know, you would you would pay for that kind of, you know, just feeling great and everything fantastic. Okay. You know? Yeah. You were drunk then? Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty much always a safe bet. So yeah. there you go. I'm pretty yeah. free. Yeah. So, okay. You can pick up that Brew Guru app. Uh, all the usual yeah. places. You can get it from uh, the Google Play Store. You get it from the iPhone App Store. You can get it from uh, the small child standing on the corner. <laughs> you can get it from the small child that lives in your house that knows more about uh, computers than you do. Don't um, go to that link. It's a honeypot. Let me redirect you to the SQL <laughs> server. Huh? Help me with my history. Um, so uh, uh, check it out. Get it today. And uh, have fun with your Brew app. Do it. All right. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about recipe and wrap up right after this. The Vault, created by White Labs. The Vault is a collection of new, creative, and unique yeast strains from around the world. These strains have never been available to homebrewers. Most have not even been available to professionals. You have the power to release the yeast. Through The Vault, White Labs is giving you the power to decide which strains are put into production and giving you the opportunity to brew with these strains. Visit whitelabs.com slash the vault and pre-order the yeast strain of your choice and encourage your friends to do the same. Once 250 pre-orders have been achieved, White Labs will put that strain into production. The strain will be mailed directly to your doorstep, ready to make the beer you've always wanted to brew. This program was created with the home brewer in mind. White Labs is relying on you to help release these strains, which may blaze the way for future new and unique beers. Help release the yeast. Visit whitelabs.com slash the vault. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. 
morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Now back to Jamil's Tasty and Blise. It's brewing with style. All right, we're back. So, recipe on uh, big beers. Tasty? You have some advice for people on that? Well, let's see. Uh, yeah, uh, you're making a – you know you're going to be putting the uh, the wort into a pretty uh, tricky fermentation uh, position. So mm-hmm. you want to make sure that you create you – create, you basically a formulate for, for a high, highly fermentable wort. Right. That'll be, you know, recipe and processing. So lower mash temperature yeah, 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 definitely. or some simple sugars. Or definitely don't try to make an all-malt beer, all-malt beer when you're – Mm-hmm. Trying to make like an IPA type beer. If you're trying to do barley wine, right. let it rip. You know that's what, right. that's what that, it needs a lot of malt character. Yeah, you want but it yeah, to. Yeah, but uh, uh, you know, try to make your beer a little bit lighter. Don't try to add a lot of like mm-hmm. like uh, crystal malts because those are the things that could very well be left over at the end and make your beer taste mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. too sweet or too malty. Yeah. What about you, JP? What do you do when you're recipe design when you're making something a big ass beer? Um, I typically the, the the few times that I have I stay away from. I think we were talking about in the beginning of the show, kind of those more darker mm-hmm. roasted malts, mm-hmm. um, and you know, kind of easy on the crystal malts, maybe a little bit more um, because I know those will kind of mellow out into this nice little character uh, mm-hmm. in the end. Um, but I, whenever I drink a big beer on those random times I do, uh, for me, I, it's amazing how the, the base malt flavors come through. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is what should right. be the, the, the soft backbone because you can kind of have this harsh mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. Um, in, a, in, a, in a big beer that's either not aged well or even if it is. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes it's just kind of Too sharp. Much. Yeah, and so yeah. this kind of soft malt can come through and really carry you know, any of the crystal malts, especially mm-hmm. malt. So, um, you know, I, I, I tend to stick away for, uh, stay away from anything that can be a sharp edge mm-hmm. in six months, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. which is typically roasted malts and stuff like that. Right. Well, for me, it's just take into account the fact that you're adding so much more base malt uh, in some instances that that has its own flavor. If you were to just make a beer just a base malt, think about how much flavor that has. Yeah, you're not just adding sugar points. Right. You're adding flavor points. Yeah, so you, exactly. Flavor yeah. points. Good good analogy. I, I wouldn't you know, go too crazy on the specialty malts because you got to take that into account. Yeah. Or you got to switch over instead of using more base malt, use some simple sugars that don't have that flavor. And that's, you know, another way to get around it. All right. Good show, everybody. I enjoyed uh, our discussion. I think our listeners will too. Uh, If you enjoy this show, make sure to check out our fine sponsors. And uh, you can check out the uh, Brewing Network store, too. There's goodies in there. And when you buy those goodies, it goes to the bottom line of the Brewing Network. You can check it out at thebrewingnetwork.com slash show. 
our slash store and uh, <laughs> yeah uh, slash store That's the porch and, light. yeah you can get yourself uh, you know they've got hoodies hats they got growlers they got uh, uh, water skis twosies, they got uh, twosies they got uh, thongs they got uh, banana hammocks they got uh, <laughs> uh, socks they have, yeah, they uh, have socks, yeah there you go they got all that goodies all those goodies in there and like I said, when you buy that, it goes to the bottom line of the Brewing Network and helps keep shows like this on the air. So if you enjoy it, check it out. Till then, everybody, brew strong. And often.